All right, man. Hey, I'm on. How are you today? I'm good. I'm I'm coming out of my withdrawals from giving up caffeine, which was was quite terrible. But wait, wait. When did you do that? Uh, last Friday. I you started. I I gave it up on Friday, and um, yeah, about a week later, um, I've had headaches all week. It's been pretty terrible. It's it's terrible to realize that you're a drug addict and you're in ministry. You know? Why? What was the reasoning behind? no caffeine. Uh, I was looking at a sleep study, some podcast popped up and I was listening to it. And, and one of the things was not getting REM sleep and not getting certain types of sleep. And, and then one of the reasons was caffeine and, and, um, and I've been getting headaches, especially at stressful times. So I'm like, you know, I should just cut back on the caffeine. And since I have kind of a, an addictive personality, I just went cold Turkey, which is the worst thing to do. But, but, um, I'm promised better, a better life. If I can get through this, we'll have to see. But um, anyway, you know, it's an FDA drug. Caffeine is a drug. Um, and we give it to our kids. So, so you, wait, wait, you're sleeping better, though, now? I'm sleeping better. The last couple of nights, I've been waking up in the middle of the night, which is a little weird. Um, I, I still don't think I'm fully out of it. I was drinking a lot of coffee. Um, so it's two to nine days to get it totally broken. But really? today, I feel pretty good. I haven't got the headache. I've been getting headaches every afternoon. And um, just real crashing in the evenings, but um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. You know, it's it's just kind of so funny that you know you, that, that we don't think twice about it. You know, but the Mormons they just look so young and healthy. So I thought maybe it's the they job. got Pepsi back in, man. That's oh, that's okay. that's okay now. So well, I mean, this is not what we're talking about today, <laughs> but um, but you know, it could be if we want to lead off on that is caffeine and the pastorate. Uh, is it, uh, should it be, but that would not be, nobody would want to listen to that today. I well, know. What should we talk about today, Ben? Uh, listen, here's what we want to talk about today on today's OTX NT. I have two, if you type in, uh, you know, just a guy that you and I kind of like looking at and some of his stuff, probably me more than you, uh, is, uh, I like looking at Tom Reiner over at church answers. He he's great. Cause he's just as little, little, uh, like in a Twitter age and everything's about headlines. He's great about these little things and, um, a little, so one article that he recently came out with was five reasons your current church attendance is the new normal. So, uh, we'll, we'll go into that. We're going to talk about, um, just f flow of how church is being, you know, really, I mean, now that we're, we're kind of out of, out of the pandemic, what it's looking like for church attendance, uh, where do the people go? And uh, is it going to ever bounce back? Uh, and then also, what are we going to do? How do we reach new people? How do we disciple people? Because a lot of that crud, you know, not crud, but a lot of that all went out the window. Our thoughts on how to do that and what the right process was went out the window once COVID hit. We scrapped a lot of stuff. And so here we are trying to kind of build back. And the question is, is it going to work? Is it going to be effective? And so let's just Let's talk, man. Let's talk through some of that and let's look at some of these little things and see if you're seeing it where you're at and I'll see where we're seeing it out here too. All right. Well, let's pray and, and jump in. Do it. All right. Join me in the Lord's prayer. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 
All right. So here's here's what we're looking at. Actually, here's I will say this. So reading these Tom Rainer things like these are what they usually do is they they pull a lot of people uh, and they kind of get feedback online of stuff like this. And I do remember when when COVID first hit, there was this big thing about why we're optimistic about the future of church, because it was almost like this Pollyanna ish of people were just going to be so excited to get back with each other. Uh, that our tenants should probably even grow, that people will finally see the reason why we need to gather and be together. Uh, and, uh, and that hasn't happened. Uh, and so interesting here is he says, many church leaders and church members share with me that they're looking forward to the day when everyone's back attending church like they used to before the pandemic. Sadly, for most churches, that's not going to be a reality. Uh, I stand there'll be differences according to context, but this is largely true. Um, and so here's some, I'm just paraphrasing some of this, but here is why is this you know lower church attendance the new normal? Here's what he said we found. Number one, habit of attendance has been broken. Gathering with the fellow believers is a spiritual discipline, not that different from prayer or reading the Bible. Once you get out of that habit, it's difficult to return. Any thoughts on that? I know that's something on that bandwagon you've talked about for a long time, right? Of the yeah. idea of how important it is just to attend. Uh, anything that you've seen on that or, or have even talked with people in terms of that one? Yeah, I, I think um, that's absolutely right. Uh, habits are essential. Uh, everybody in the business sector, all the books, everything is about habits, programming rituals and things that will get you on a regular routine, uh, that this is essential to success. And so spiritual success, I've, I've taught for years, you know, that there's, there's two things I see as essential habits for the Christian. Uh, the, the number one is, in my mind, church attendance. And the number two would be a, a private um, a daily devotional time w- with you and the Lord, a quiet time. Um, most people would flip those, but I, I, I think that actually, um, scripturally, the, the corporate aspect is actually more important um, in terms of this is the habit. If you do the habit of church attendance, all of that personal devotion is going to be magnified and maintained. And then you've got the accountability. So um, I want to quote you on that. I'd love to have like a, a Dr. Andrew Marquez of Wayland Baptist University. It's we flip that, you know, that that is that's something that is something that should be talked about. Right. Is the idea of early church gathering was the primary thing. And that's also because we're living at a time where not everybody has copies of scriptures. You went right. to hear the scriptures at the church. Right. Um, yeah. You couldn't do daily Bible reading. You didn't have a Bible. <laughs> there's only there's really there were only two people, two types of people who could do daily Bible reading. Right. One of them were the priests and the Levites who had access and later would be, you know, and, I, and I'll throw that into there. Broadly speaking, uh, if you were a synagogue leader or a rabbi who would have had access or could go to some of that stuff. But prior even to that, in the Old Testament, the king, the king is the only one who had access to that and was told. Now, I doubt. I highly doubt the majority of Israel's and Judah's kings ever did this, but it was saying right in Leviticus 17 um, that he would to be to read from it all the days of his life so that he would never go astray. Uh, and so that's what we're told, right? Is you focus on the word of God and then you get Psalm one that begins to tell you to do that as well. But I think all of that is largely hand, hand you know, the king can do that. He's rich enough to have his own copy. Uh, and, and I think we all need to be doing it because now we all can have copies. But for the most part, that's happening as you gather in the synagogue, as you gather for temple worship, things like that on Sabbath. 
Yeah, I, I think, and that's the key is that we we flipped it and, and in Protestant world, evangelical world, me and Jesus have a good thing going and it's not about religion, it's about a relationship. And we've had all these sermons and there's truth in all of them, but the reality is Christianity is a religion. There are certain regular expectations that we are supposed to do, um, the Lord's Supper being one of them in corporate worship, not necessarily at home. Um, and, and then again, um, we're supposed to encourage each other all the more as the day approaches in regular gathering in worship, which the church is the gathering. Uh, so yeah, when we break that habit, uh, it's hard to renew. We knew this before the pandemic. The problem with the pandemic is I think we've incentivized laziness in the spiritual walk, um, primarily through, um, putting all our services online. Uh, I, yeah. I think, um, I, and, and again, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, different than everybody. <laughs> we don't have an online worship service anymore. We, we killed that as quickly as I could get rid of it. And, um, and that's because it never was a worship service online. It was you watching us worship together and at least having some kind of connection to that. But um, we still put out, you know, Bible teaching and discipleship materials. And I, I do that throughout the week, but Sunday, you know, where to find the church we're gathered in, yeah. in God's house. Uh, and I think that part of the reason that once a month is, uh, a lot of this has to do with the boomers, the boomers were your regular faithful and the boomers uh, were also at risk for COVID. And a lot of them pulled back and they're the ones who haven't made it back yet regularly. And they were good enough with technology to get onto the worship service. And they've now got favorites that they'll do on the weeks that they aren't there. And, and isn't it great that we'll get to church when we can, but it's not like we need to get there every week, do we? So true. Your younger generations well, were already flaky, by the way. I'm, I'm, yeah. the boomers are still good. <laughs> I think they're the ones that stand out the most at this point, too, because you're looking at people that once were dedicated and now it's kind of everything's out the window. Nobody has, there's nobody who's like, has, there's no generation necessarily, um, unless actually it's right before the boomers, the, the, that one that are still, I mean, those were the first people back, too. It's, it's funny the, 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 the elder, the, the, the oldest ones in our congregations, in my opinion, were the ones that were back quicker than everybody else. Everybody else was not wanting to. Um, but I will say that, you know, you, you did bring up something else. So here's the other article I was looking at. We'll get back to that thing it says uh, the once a month churchgoers are becoming more common. And so here's something it says, um, one of the most disturbing trends we're seeing in the decreasing frequency is the uh, decreasing frequency of attendance. Two decades ago, a frequent church attender was considered a person in church service or activities once or twice a week. Uh, prior to the pandemic, twice a month church attendance attendee was considered active by most church members. But one of the most one of the trends emerged for the pandemic is increasingly uh, a number of once a month attendees. We are watching three developments. A once a month church grow is the fastest growing segment of church life. A once a month pattern is a continuation of pre-COVID days. Uh, and then it says little churches, churches are doing little to solve that problem. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at now at this point is people have said, no, it's okay. I'm still doing once a month. I'm yeah. still here. What I find stressful uh, in that attendance piece is the people who give you try to spiritualize why they they're not there, um, you know, as if, um, you know, they can't come, but then they post pictures of everything else they're doing. Yeah. Right. And so that's the thing I just don't understand is they've made habits of everything else. 
Uh, and, and church is just something they can't do. They can't bring themselves to do. And so it is, it's like, it's like going to the gym. You're done going to the gym. It's been too long. You really don't have the desire to get back at it when they need to, they desperately need to. Um, but I, I think you have a valid point though. And I think I'd reference the wrong places. Deuteronomy 17 is where you, you have the emphasis upon reading the scriptures, Psalm one, uh, constantly. And, um, but for the most part, you get that from the gather. Uh, and I think a lot of our church people, let's face it, don't follow the personal one either. Uh, and the, the simple habit of just gathering well, would and, be important. And I think COVID, COVID revealed how um, fleshly we are as a society. And there was just abject fear uh, from our population over dying. And, you know, Christians should have stood out as people that are are not afraid of dying. And part of the ones that th those that weren't afraid were made to feel like they were uh, murderers. If they were going out in public, um, yeah. you know, you're going to spread it. You're going to go to these super spreader events. And uh, the reality is that, that all of that um, has shown itself to, to not really be warranted. And um, especially with, with this case by shutting the church down and saying, Hey, we're not going to meet because we're going to take care of your physical health. Uh, we've neglected the spiritual health. And then we're shocked to find out that our church members are going to the gym to take care of their bodies. They're trying to eat better. They're trying to establish all these other habits that we, we tend to do normally. Um, but spiritual life, you know, that's not that important. But we as pastors communicated that by saying it's not that important. And, and now we're saying it's important again. And, and people are saying, well, why is it important? Well, I'll give you one week a month. You know, it, it, aren't I a great church member? And unfortunately, yeah. few pastors are saying you're living in sin three of the four weeks. Yeah. You're not coming because God established a weekly um, call. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that is very lacking. And you've got guys like Andy standing that saying the Bible doesn't say you should meet or that you have to meet. Um, you know, I, I think John MacArthur is my hero coming out of this because he, uh, he was very clear and uh, he fought Los Angeles and won. Um, and I, I looked at sister churches, my own church, and, and kind of just uh, feel, feel ashamed that we uh, bowed to the pressure um, because uh, it would have been better to die, in my mind, uh, contracting COVID at church um, faithfully than to fall into what has now happened for so many Christians who just don't value church attendance. At the end of the day, yeah. it's um, I got to do my, you know, uh, balance my books once a month. Oh, I got to do that church thing once a month. And um and again, sadly, I, I am coming down on the boomers a little bit because they were the most faithful and they're the ones that were really feeling um, the loss of. And it's, it's not setting a great example for that younger generation, but that younger generation was kind of weak in terms of uh, being willing to serve, volunteer, engage. Yeah. Um, and, and so we're really feeling the hurt a lot by losing the boomers. Um, I think it'll come back, but I, I do think, again, we got to stop incentivizing people. We got to stop telling people, Hey, it's okay. Um, COVID's coming back this fall, by the way, it's already coming up everywhere you look. So how long are we going to going to continue to say church attendance is negotiable, not important. Come if you can, and we'll all be super excited that you make it once a month or twice a year. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, I, I think you and I've gone down this road before and we've talked about the importance of church attendance um, many, many times. And I think um, I do think, though, that, yeah, we the habit has changed. And what's changed is we've replaced Sunday with anything else that is fun for us. 
And, uh, and you know, you don't think that's the case. Look at your average church person who used to be here and what are they doing? They're doing lots and lots of fun things on Sunday and, and I'm sure they're having a great time and they're not doing anything bad. They're, you know, they're, they're, it's wholesome activities, but, uh, you know, they've neglected the gathering. Uh, so that, that, that muscle has to get flexed and you've got to return. Uh, but here's another one. Someone hasn't returned by this point. They're not likely to return. I, I believe that one wholeheartedly at this point. Uh, you know, there's people that you're saying, where are they? They're not coming back. And you could tell uh, because those who were not back originally, there were a set that I remember saying that they were coming back and they said, listen, we've just had, we've been out of it, but we're going to be back and they'll come. Uh, and, and, uh, but there's others and they said, no, no, we'll be back. And you're like, yeah, no, you're not going to be back. Cause you haven't shown any movement towards that or anything at all. And so I think that's a big one that obviously they're right on that one as well. Yeah. But I would, I would go and ask a question is, um, where <laughs> I guess two questions. One is, do we want them back? Um, and the answer is yes, yes, we do. However, they're living in rebellion. And rather than just hope and sit and wait for the day that they come back so that we can embrace them with open arms, are we moving towards discipline and removal of membership even now for those that yeah. are, are failing? And I think that this is the thing is that they're, they're, they're like planning their re-entrance at some point in time, which may or may not come. But as pastors, when are we going to trim the rolls on our end and just say, okay, yeah, they're not coming back. And right now they are cast out of the church. Yeah. And if they come well, back, yeah. how do you do that? Repentance. <laughs> that that's actually something I think a lot of us need to work on as churches is um, how to reduce our church role to what is reality. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because I know that's a huge process, but there's people I know who've never come back. They're never going to. And uh, and, you know, they, they probably aren't even going to answer when we ask. And there's some at this point. You're like, uh, I don't know if I should, because there's some stuff that's happened since. And, um, you know, uh, so it'd just be weird at that point. But like, OK, how, what do you do with that? What do you do with the people who who are still on your roles, who will never come back uh, and they're not going to answer whether, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to still come. But you, church attendance should be a priority if you're saying we need to gather. Yeah. What do you do? And, and I always find it difficult to be when you get to these big meetings, you know, conventions, you look at the. The, 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 the stats on churches and you'll see a church with like, uh, it'll have like 150 in attendance, uh, you know, 600 in church membership. You're like, Whoa, that is, uh, it's not like, uh, Oh, this is awesome. Uh, like you're like, that's pretty sad that you've got 600 people floating around somewhere who the church claims is theirs. And those people may or may not claim is still theirs as well. And, uh, and you don't know what they're doing or what they're, you know, so you look at that and I say that needs to be trimmed out. I've, I've been won over by the guys of uh, nine marks of a healthy church ministry where those should be your attendance and your membership number should be right around the exact same. Uh, it yeah. might be different if you're a once a month or right, right in this day and age, maybe that is maybe 450 if a church of 150 is, is right. But I don't think that should be the case. No. And, and again, our, our, do we believe it's sinful when you, unless you're providentially hindered, you should be at the meeting to member, you know, and nobody's preaching that nobody's saying you are living in sin every Sunday that you choose not to come. Um, 
Because I'll say, where is it in a verse, right? That yeah. I have to be at church. Hebrews, <laughs> you know, yeah. do not forsake the assembling. So when but I go to a small say, group. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What if they say um, that? And and the context of that, you know, again, the small group at least is something. Um, and we, we could kind of negotiate that. But the worship service is the worship service. Small group is 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 different. And we could distinguish the two. Um, but, uh, you know, here's a question. Uh, so should you give your communion to the once a monthers? Or should you restrict communion to those that are faithful? And, and what we would say, well, well, once a month is really faithful. And, and that we just have set the bar so low. Yeah. We're, we're surprised <laughs> that the next generation is like once a quarter. And I would say that, and you know, the, the faithful Christian really shouldn't miss more than once a quarter, probably due to illness or travel. And in travel, hopefully you're finding a church to visit on your travel. And if not, yeah. maybe that's a day that you do some family church or you figure out something at least to honor the Lord's day. Um, but we don't have a good doctrine of the Lord's day. And, and again, oh, you're being legalistic. Well, um, yeah, it, it is that commandment, you know, the <laughs> honor the Lord's day and keep it holy, you know, the, the Sabbath day. So, so I don't know. Everybody wants is, to throw that out. I need a day of rest, but nobody wants to keep it holy, actually. You know, yeah, uh, you don't do it for the, the way that it was meant to be. I'm, it used to be your Sunday night crew was your faithful crew and Sunday morning was your floaters that, that were a little less reliable, but um, of course we lost the faithfulness of the Sunday nights and we canceled Sunday nights. Um, but yeah, that was the Lord's day. The idea is that we would come back, you know, we'd break rest in the afternoon and come back and we'd worship twice. And that was, that was a standard Baptist tradition, um, throughout the, the country. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, does, it bothers me. And it's like, how do you get it back? And if you start preaching, like you're sinning against God, if you're not here every week, you're going to probably lose more of your members in the short run. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, I, it's like, there's such big fish to fry out there. Is that really the one that you want to stand on? And, yeah, um, you know, it's kind of, for me, broken glass, uh, strategy with crime, you know, unless you address the minor offenses, you create a context where greater sins are possible. Uh, so I, I do think that that should be a, a sermon that you pull out pretty regularly about attendance. And I, I have, I, I don't do it that often, but now I'm getting fired up for Sunday. Um, yeah. that might be the direction I go. But I, I guess well, the question is, don't you know, do we want them all back or would we rather have a solid core that's on fire for the Lord? And then we reset the standards much higher so that if people came back and visited, they wouldn't recognize the laxity, the laxit, uh, laxadaisical nature. Right. Thank that'd you. Be that's the saying. word. Yeah. Um, rather than let's lower the standards even further and hope for the best. You know, um, maybe we'll get some online givers out of those. Um, online services we're throwing out there. Um, I think that's part of it, man. I think that's part of this is, is, you know, everybody's nervous. I mean, that's, here's the hard part about doing church in America in 2022, right? Is if you set up your standard, that just means most people, if they don't like it and they don't want to rise it, it's not like I got nowhere else to go all right, dude, I'm just going to go to the church down the road and I'm going to bring my problems there and I'll just keep doing what I want to do and I'll give them my check. Versus back in the old days, right? You think about the early church. If you're in Ephesus, you ain't got nowhere else to go. Yeah. Well, the church in Ephesus is the church in Ephesus. And if you started going to a Nicolaitan church or one of these, you know, Gnostic churches, we're going to excommunicate you. We're, we're not going to play around. And Early Baptists in America were excommunicating at a rate faster than growth, uh, for the most part. Early on, it was it was staggering when you look at the figures. But they were they were pursuing holiness, and if you weren't in all the way, you, you weren't part of us. 
And I do think that we, we've got to get to a point where it's going to be like, this is who we are. And if you want to be this, if you want to be on fire for Christ, then you come here. And if you don't go to all the other churches, they, they won't make a difference anyway. It's like when the brothers of Christ say, go to Jerusalem, that's where the prophets go. And I mean, more or less, Jesus says, well, why don't you guys go? You won't make a difference anyway. Um, we've got plenty of churches not making any lick of difference. Yeah. And um, sadly, because because we tend to go with the church flow and the church culture, we, we emulate the same practices. And I mean, I, I do wonder too, I think another video we should do is on, you know, does the full-time pastorate exist in, in 2020s? Yeah. Because I think that what's going to happen is it's going to continue to shrink and this inflationary cycle we're entering is going to really hurt financially. It's going to be 2008 oh, yeah. on steroids. And so are we prepared basically to have great drops in revenue and um, the reality is, is the bivocational model, the new standard. Um, but I, I think the advantage of that is if you got a bivocational pastor who's there every Sunday, why can't you be there every Sunday? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff is, um, I think the early church was led a lot by people working full-time jobs and then being elders on, on the weekends. So, so I don't know, but that's a different topic, but yeah. All it this is, is it's all connected to this, this stuff. All right, here's number three. Many of you say their digital attendees have really dropped out. I think that's uh, for sure. This is what they say. I was speaking to a friend recently said she now attends church digitally. She really likes being able to attend the services in her casual clothes or pajamas. Then I asked her how long it had been since she'd viewed a service. She sheepishly admitted it had been about three months. She's a representative of a new and growing group I call the Inactive Digitals. So now you got a set of those, right? Oh, I give, I watch online for now you know shut it down just just pull it away you're not you're coming to my digital church i don't have one you can listen to sermons you can listen to things after the fact but you're not you're that's not church and yeah. and I, I the only reason i've even put the other stuff there is that could be evangelistic but i also do have some shut-ins that they have a legitimate reason that they can't be there and exactly. you know, i want to i want to take care of them the best i can but if it's going to encourage 60 percent of my church to to miss an extra week a month um, it's just not worth it. And it's a lot of work and it's typically poorly done at the, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's hard to do well. It creates uh, resourcing issues and I'd, I'd rather have a great children's worker than an awesome computer guy. Um, so it'd be good to have both, but yeah, the digital stuff we've been competing with TBN for 20 years and they're better than us. So I, I don't know why the modern church all thought that they would suddenly be better um, you're, you're the best preacher I know, Ben. And, and I'm, I'm like number two, but for some reason, other people like these super preachers online that communicate really, really well and make you feel yeah. really great. And, uh, it, even as good as you are, and I am, they still prefer Joel, you know, um, you're never going to outdo Joel <laughs> except in as, as do I, <laughs> well, I mean, here's, can I say this? Here's something I've noticed too, is the people who once we got into digital, it's uh, it, it became, oh, I'm still a member, but I really watch. I like watching somebody else better. And you're like, well, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Like what what is happening at, you know, at First Baptist down the road as great of a guy. He is is for his church. Right. What he's preaching. Now, hopefully this comes back to what we talked about before. Hopefully he's doing the work of a, a real pastor and digging in and creating a sermon for his context. Uh, but yeah, like the idea of like, I just digitally church hop too yeah. is, is 
ridiculous. Um, you know, not that, look, I listen to other preachers, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if your sole, uh, consumption of sermons is from the church that you like, or the podcast that you listen to, uh, you've not worshiped, you've not gathered with your people. Um, you know, so yeah, I, that's another one, but yeah, the, the digital attendees, I think that is slowly now, there's no reason for it anymore. So nobody's going to sit around and nobody's because the reality is, I, I think the most of our people are not sitting at home waiting anymore. Uh, they're not afraid to come out anymore. There was a time when we were like, well, once the vaccine comes, maybe people want to come back out, but most of those people are already out already. And now, now those people who say they're afraid to come back are still going to the mall and they're yeah. still hanging out and doing, going to restaurants. They just don't want to come to church. And, and again, it's like, uh, it's all consumer based. So, you know, I don't feel like I need the church this week. Therefore I won't go rather than understand that your spiritual duty and your spiritual service involves getting yourself into the gathering of believers and then striving to encourage them in their walk and then to enjoy a benefit of them doing the same for you. And then coming before your shepherd who is actually got a spiritual concern and intercedes on your behalf uh, so that you can learn from, from that person that God has placed you under, you know, this is not about what you get out of a worship service. I've sat through some terrible worship services and it's not about you. You know, that's the part that, that is it's such an anti-American sentiment right now, but there's a duty. And if our churches are lighthouses on the corner that need to be manned, you have a duty to go man that lighthouse. And that is a testimony. And most people that I know actually come to Christ by visiting a church and being under the conviction of preaching. And when nobody's coming, even the unbelievers don't pop in, you know, Corinth had unbelievers popping in. Um, so, you know, that we have to change that mindset uh, as well. Um. <laughs> no, you're right. Man, you got a lot of little sayings. That I just want to write down today. This is <laughs> you're on a roll. You're on a roll. Um, all right. How about this one? Uh, if someone is not connected in a small group, they're likely not returning. Um, and so think about this. Okay. So let's, let's talk about this. And this is where I think we originally were going to go with this and maybe we need to talk about it the next time, but the idea of what are we doing to keep people connected, uh, into your church? Let me finish this out and let's finish on this one. Many of the dropouts were already on the fringes. I would agree with that statement as well. Let's talk about, uh, small groups and likely not returning. Right. Um, I do think, and the stats are right. If you come to a church and you've not made relationships with people within what, seven weeks or something like that, uh, then you're going to go. Um, so what is your church? What should churches be doing to help with that, to keep people connected? Yeah. And I, so my church is still Sunday school. I've wanted to do small groups and home groups for years. It's just Sunday school. We we're small, so it's hard to start something new and Sunday school is so darn pragmatic because you have childcare built in at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important. Most of the people that are actually serving in some capacity are active in Sunday school. It's, it's the next level of, of committing and um, you don't really get to know each other in the larger service. So you don't have the connectivity that occurs in a Bible study with fellow believers in a smaller context. So yeah. I think it's essential. I know of people who actually are, are not even liking their, their church so much, but they're committed because of the small group. And it's got a very strong holding capacity to, to tie you in. Those relationships That's are true. important. 
Um, I, I'm kind of weird too, because I did youth ministry for so long. And then even coming into the pastor, I have my associate doing um, kind of the adult Bible study on Wednesday. So I still do. I, I, I understand the value of a small group. I think it's important, but I, I'm driven a little bit more by a sense of uh, duty than, than perhaps needing friends in my small group. Um, but, you know, my church is small enough that everybody's kind of friends and we hang out and we see each other. And, and so that there's kind of a organic thing that takes place at different events. Um, that's good. But I, I think especially if churches get larger than 200, it's really essential to have those smaller pockets that that's, that's your tribe in your church. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing that we've been missing. I think for so long after COVID, we broke up everything and then we went to digital groups. And then after digital groups, we wanted to offer real groups to go to, but here's something I've noticed is, is even coming back for small groups is really difficult to do. Even gathering for, you know, a Bible study is hard. So I mean, one of the things that we're going to try to do is bring back Sunday school, um, you know, in some capacity. We've always had it, but for adults to have a second option, to have two classes, two different options, choose, uh, because you need to have a, a closeness. Because I, I do say this, too. I think there's a lot of people, when you went to two, we went to two originally for COVID uh, services. And, uh, you know, anytime you go to two, uh, regardless whether for us it was space to keep chairs set apart originally and then we just couldn't go back logistically until recently um people always say oh we want to see everybody and we lack that fellowship but if your fellowship you're depending on with your church members is for that 15 minutes before service or doing if you're one of those churches that just like a welcome like shake everybody's hand kind of thing you're not going to get true biblical fellowship uh and connectivity you've got to have something else and so Small groups is where it's at, you know, and I do think we should talk at some point about Sunday school, small groups, but having a Sunday school option, having people sit with each other, be able to talk to each other, to connect with each other, to see each other regularly. I do do think that does help uh, and it helps in a a big way to keep people staying put, just connected and committed to their church because there's no commitment anymore. Commitment's out the door, as we've seen. We've talked about that today. And I, when I was in college and I, I got involved in a guy's small group and there were people my age that were excited about scripture, it it was, I, I would, I didn't live on campus. I would drive 30 minutes home after class and come back that night just for that Bible study. And it was exciting. And, uh, I think that that's another thing that small groups do for those that are, um, new to the faith is it it gives you like a, um, a little pocket, a place to belong, and it can be really powerful. And I have to remind myself because, I, I sometimes today I'm like, you don't have a small group, boo-hoo, serve the Lord. But I, I forget my own journey and realize how powerful those things were and hospitality, friendship, uh, all those things that you, you just, it's very shallow in the big meeting and it has to be. It's, <laughs> but when you have the relationships through small group, even that little short handshaking time is fun. Like it's good to see you, bro. And, um, you know, just uh, there's meaning to that because I've got a deeper connection to you in a, in a different context. So, yeah, I think we've got to have the smaller groups. I think um, I think some churches were even doing viewing services when there were shutdowns in small groups, which I thought was a smart way to handle it. Because uh, even in COVID, there, there were little pockets that you'd hang out with and say, oh, we're going to get sick together um, because we need to have some kind of connection. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of the early churches might have been that small in some places at times. Um, so, you know, two or more 
gathered is still helpful. So I, I think small groups are really important. I think, I think Rick Warren has had that one right. Um, if you can get them into the homes, I think that's great, but um, it's not always functional with, with need for childcare and those types of things too. And, um, and then we're just a busy society. So people, um, I don't know, we make excuses. I, I think here's the thing too. I think that a lot of people though, we've so pared down our availability for church that I really am thinking that Sunday's a one shot. You got one shot. If you're going to give me one day a week, one day a month, hopefully it's one day a week, then let me do, let's do Sunday. Let's do it all together. One go, because it is, it, you're competing for everything. And it's, it's not, I wish it was simple to say the, here we stand, we do these things, but the, the reality is here we stand, we do these things. We'll continue to, you know, if I'm not willing to say, here's where we're at, I've got to find a way to meet where, where these people are at and find a way to get them plugged in so we can keep doing what we're going to do. I think they're just going to say, well, I'm just going to go to the other, I'll go to the other church and I'll do what I want to do there. And, and I think that's the hard part, right? Is, is, you know, you've got to adapt in some, but you can't lessen you. You have to have, you can't just say, well, nobody's coming. We're just going to do church once a month. We'll all pick the right date together. You can't do that, right? Yep. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, as I process through that, you, there's just so many, it's just tricky. It's tricky to say, how do I continue to reach people? How do you continue to disciple and gather when people don't want to gather or they don't want to be, they, they got too many other things to do. I don't know. Well, and I, I think that rambling. You know, Elon Musk the other day, I think he said that, you know, you can do remote work at Tesla so long as you've put in 40 hours in the office. And I thought that was kind of a clever uh, way, you know, he, he does expect some people to work more than 40, but 40 hours in the office is required. And I, I think that this remote uh, wonderland that, that people kind of got this impression that this was going to continue forever, it is going to come to an, an end and the economy won't allow it. And, and you'll start recognizing that stuff that really is a value is going to require engagement more than me on a Zoom call. Um, um, so I, I think that there's hope there. And I think that'll be really important. We know that loneliness is, is a massive problem. We know that there's an epidemic of loneliness and it leads to other issues. Um, the church should be a great opportunity for people to feel connected. And um, it is, it's just those of us that, um, some of us have taken that for granted and we need to really uh, regain a respect for coming to church, being a part of it and recognizing that sin as a Christian matters and re <laughs> I, re I remember being in a Bible study group. It says, uh, you had a Santa covenant. It says, unless providentially hindered, I will be here every week. And I remember that saying, well, that's a good way of putting it. Well, that should be my genuine, normal activity on Sunday. Unless pr providentially hindered, I will be at worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And um, that value, if we could restore it, would revolutionize the church. And I, I think it just, um, we just need some people to be less fearful of what they could lose and more um, faithful in, in presenting the expectation. Yeah. Um, I do think also though, that where digital worship services are not a thing, really, I think digital Bible study might be because it's less passive and because you could actually get some interaction. I, yeah. I, I think it pales in comparison to a real group, um, but there might be a value there. Like Sunday could be the day, but you might also say, okay, I might be doing a targeted discipleship group Thursday nights on zoom and I'm gonna grab three of my guys that I'm working with. And we could do that in a very small environment 
And, and, and so it's not like all of the technology is worthless. There, there could be no, some in fact, I've got two groups that are still meeting and they were ones that probably would have never been able to do, happen in person because they're people scattered all over the valley. Uh, but they meet consistently together with their small group uh, online. But I think we're apart from that to to offer something anymore is, you know, even the even the small group opportunities outside of a building even too. Uh, that's it's tricky to try to get that. It's I think it comes back to what we've said is it's a it's a habit that needs to come back. And I think everybody eventually has to come back to find a way I've got to make room in my day for, for worship. I've got to make room for my day for some sort of a discipleship group. Uh, and that's important. It's important to do that for sure. Well, I, I, I think, and the other thing, just to remember, God cares about numbers. He's got a book called numbers. It's important. Um, but the reality is that growth for the sake of growth is, is, is not necessarily what drives us. We want to be faithful to God's word. We want to be faithful as disciples of Christ. And that's why attendance matters. It's not so that we can get the numbers up. It's not just so that we can have a higher number to report on the annual meeting and say, well, my church grew to this, that, or the other. Um, it's about leading our people in the path of righteousness and being our, our faithful ourselves to follow what God's called us to, knowing that he will bless us when we are faithful. He promises to do so. And so, um, yeah, I, I think um, if, if we could restore that message, it, it would really make a difference and the numbers will follow. But even if they don't, uh, at least you'll be faithful. And and that's all we really can hope for. It's true. Well, I think, man, I think that's been good. If you want to look at that, I think I'll put the article in here. The five reasons your church, current church attendance is the new normal uh, article from Church Answers. I'll put that in our link. But uh, interesting just to see that, yeah, there does seem to be something that's happening across the board in our country uh, of, you know, what has taken place? What's the, what is, how are things beginning to settle since, you know, since 2020? Um, well, all right. You want me to close us out? Uh, yeah. Be before you do that, I just wanted to remind our audience that the OTXNT channel on YouTube has got a connect collection of your stuff and my stuff and our OTX entities. So if you're not subscribed to that channel, it might be an easy way to get everything we're putting out in one place. And yes. You're, you're still maintaining your stuff. Um, and I'm maintaining my stuff separately, but uh, again, it's a good variety. If you'll check out that channel, OTX NT on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to get more and from both of us, you can go do that. And then you don't have to have two different, three different channels or whatnot and all of that. So um, that's the hope, right? Hope is eventually that, all the OTX NC, all the YouTube stuff is all there, but we'll see if you people will use your muscle to push the button. All right, let's do this. Uh, let's, let's close out the right way. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, may the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. All right. That's it, man. Another one of the can. It's a good God one. God bless you all. Thanks for watching. Take care. Goodbye.